Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to bring you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Mitch Baltazor. And today we're going to be talking a little bit of recruiting news, but the bulk of the episode will be the scandalous saga of the ESPN and the All-American Conference, as well as our thoughts after we break down everything that happened there. But let's firstly just start off with recruiting news. And as much as I love positive recruiting news, as I'm sure Connor does as well, as his title is Recruiting Guy. <laughs> that's I, me. That's you. I I can't say any news that we received this week was at all positive. <laughs> yeah, it's either negative or indifferent. And most of it's negative, unfortunately. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, we might as well just get right into this. Like, let's just get this out of the way so we can get to the conspiracy. Rip uh, off the Band-Aid. So, Jaren Kanak, uh, we've been championing a Jaren Kanak to K-State commitment on the Aggieville Alley Cats. Uh, so, that didn't happen. Uh, he went <laughs> to Clemson, as everybody on the face of the earth predicted what happened the day after he attended a K-State uh, recruiting event. There was a barbecue with the entire team and coaching staff. And he said, dang, that's crazy. I don't care. Bye. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think that's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. He, he DM'd it to me literally seconds ago. On Twitter. That was not true. We've never spoken to Jerry Yeah, I think he has better things to do, uh, like commit to Clemson. But anyways, like regardless, like all jokes aside, that's pretty great for him. Uh, he's going to take on that hybrid linebacker safety spot that uh, made Isaiah Simmons famous, uh, who's also from Kansas and now plays for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it was a former first-round pick. I say that like it was 10 years ago. It was like a year ago. It was two years ago. <laughs> but... Um, uh, that's basically that on Kanak. So, K-State strikes out there on a highly touted uh, state guy. Which we can't say was unexpected. I mean, Connor was optimistic about it. I kept saying it as a joke. I never expected Kanak to commit to K-State. Mostly because just where Clemson's at. Though, I, I do think there is room for optimism with how long we stuck around and kept him from basically insta committing to Clemson. Yeah, and I think there's optimism for how we went down when Clemson and other SEC schools uh, like Georgia and Florida were able to get into that battle, and then we fought our way back into it. And we're probably in the top three or four of that battle, right alongside uh, some really heavy hitters. Uh, So obviously we don't get them, and at the end of the day, that's what counts. But it, it's good that we were able to stick around for as long as we were, because in the past, we wouldn't have even been in it, I don't think. No, we wouldn't have been. And then the, the next bit of news is someone that I was high on in our first ever episode, the recruiting special. Uh, Caleb Purdy from East St. Louis commits to KU. Honestly, after his visit, if you'll, if you'll pardon me, our chances of getting him were never looking to Purdy, and it was... It, it just... <sighs> It just was never is never a matchup that I saw after his visit, just because the mute, the interest seemed to drop off. But that's still someone that I, in particular, was 
was high on, who's not going to be coming to K-State K and will instead be attending a rival university. And, and by the pardon, way... Pardon Ace's pun. Good <laughs> but, yeah, Caleb Purdy... Uh, K-State actually had a crystal ball uh, prediction in for him on 24-7 for a couple of months. Although, after the official visit, uh, those kind of plugged into the situation knew that that wasn't really a marriage that was going to work out on either side. Uh, there were concerns on K-State's end about the height, so they started looking in other directions. So Caleb Purdy ends up committing to KU, uh, which is uh, good for him that he was able to find a Power 5 spot, air quotes, Power 5 there. <laughs> and uh, K-State also identified uh, an issue they had uh, with the recruit. Which, honestly, I think if, if Snyder was the coach, I think they would have taken him on the spot. Oh, definitely. Because Bill Snyder, just by the end of his tenure, absolute, he just had a, a thing. He had an obsession with undersized defensive backs. I felt like our entire uh, backside defense was like five foot nine and under by the time that uh, Bill was gone. The short king side. <laughs> yep. Duke Shelley, DJ Reed... Uh, both five foot nine short kings. Uh, both still in the NFL though. So yeah. And yeah, that that's just kind of my take on it and our take on it. We both we both have spoken on the issue. And from two people committing that were on K State's board to two people who have drifted, we'll say, uh, in both wide receivers, Chaz Nimrod and Moutier Rubin. Let's let's talk about Nimrod a little bit first, and all all signs were pointing towards a Nimrod commit, and suddenly he has two new offers, and that commit is now looking more and more questionable. Those Michigan those offers being from Michigan and Purdue, and I'm any time a recruit pushes back their commitment date because they get new offers. I will never feel good about the original leader, ever. Yeah, uh, this one from a commit or from a, a crew that I felt very confident that KSA was going to land. He's a legacy recruit. His grandfather was a wide receiver when Lynn Dickey was the quarterback at K State. Former K State great and former Green Bay Packer great. Uh, uh, so that was. I was in the seventies for Connor. Yeah, 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 dude. My favorite teams right there. But that was in that like nineteen early seventies era where K State was kind of good for like four years, and people just kind of forgot about that. And then we were bad again <laughs> after. Like, yeah, we just had that. Yeah, we had like four years of glory where we weren't a doormat, and then we returned to form for another fifteen years. <laughs> But uh, Nimrod, he uh, uh, was looking really solid to K-State and was supposed to commit uh, Friday, July 30th, which is the day we're recording. That uh, will be the day uh, before uh, this episode releases. But he pushed his recruitment date or his commitment date back, and he's picked up offers from Michigan and Purdue. Uh, yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, that really hurts. Um... But nevertheless, that doesn't mean that K-State still isn't leading. It could mean he's just weighing his options. I 
like Ace, do not like at all when he commit, uh, gets pushed back, especially for the leader in the clubhouse, which it was us, allegedly. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see here in the coming months uh, the decision of Chaz Nimrod. Uh, I would love to have him. In case he's a very talented receiver, he fits the mold of what the staff wants exactly. And I, I think I, I just see him in my mind uh, catching uh, fly routes from Jake Rubley in like four years. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that, that'd be nice. No, wait, because Jake Rubley would have left by that time to go to the draft to get drafted number one overall, and then Avery Jones oh, you're steps in. Silly, silly me. I forgot about that. So, yeah, Avery Johnson will be the quarterback by then, actually. <laughs> manifesting. Manifesting. There's no manifesting. It's just going to happen. But the the next story, if you'll pardon another pun, makes me a little bit moody. Eh? <sighs> <laughs> and Moody A. Rubin is, he just announced his top five, his top five schools. And he has yet to commit, but his top five schools are Stanford, Vanderbilt, K-State, KU, and Arkansas State. Let me preface something right now. If we lose a recruit to Arkansas State, there will be a personal vendetta against them. That would be absolutely hilarious, because that would be just so out of left field. It would be embarrassing, not just for us, but for all the schools on this list, even KU, to... They're the only reason that I think that Moody would uh, commit to Arkansas State over any of these Power Fives is because he saw Jonathan Adams Jr. <laughs> uh, just absolutely demolish uh, all the receiving records there and just be a, an absolute menace of a receiver. So I guess they have that going for them. But that's basically it. And uh, Moody, I imagine this to be a two-team race between Stanford and K-State. Uh, K-State being the best overall team out of this group, and Stanford being Stanford. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're Stanford. Like, a degree from theirs are almost invaluable. So, but nevertheless, this is still a battle that K-State, uh, I think they need to win, especially this coaching staff. They just, they need to start winning recruiting battles more consistently. Yeah, especially right now that really starts to assuage the fears I think of some of the fan base uh, luckily some commits have come out like Braden Lofton uh, mm-hmm. he solidified his commitment and basically said that this news means nothing to him and that they're going to play big time football at K-State no matter what it's great to hear stuff like that from a talented commit like Braden Lofton but I don't know we need to start getting new guys here pretty soon yeah, and not on the script, but just a question. Would you rather win the battle for Nimrod or win the battle for Moutier? Um, I think I would take Nimrod uh, just because I think he has a better offer sheet and I think he has about the same ceiling as Moutier, but is better now. And then he also is the K-State legacy. So I think that's an important symbolic victory for the staff. Yeah, I'd take Nimrod as well, mostly because of the the legacy status. And here's the the ultimate question when it when it comes to to me, the question that I've been wondering: if we can keep people from committing elsewhere before game day visits, do you think that will help our recruiting chances immensely? 
Like, do you believe that them experiencing a K-State football game would be better than them experiencing a football game at another college? I think if nothing else, it won't hurt. I think for certain commits or certain recruits, it will uh, definitely help significantly, but I can't say that for everybody. However, uh, this season, I imagine, or I'm hoping, will be more intense at home than previous seasons, just because of the uh, the circumstances, especially uh, the OU game. I anticipate oh. that environment being absolutely nuts, borderline violence. And if you, if you pick one game to go to this year as an outsider looking in, if you don't have student passes, pick one game to go, one home game to go to. Absolutely, go to Oklahoma. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. that game. Hopefully, will be absolutely nuts. I mean, if if you're not gonna pick Oklahoma, honestly, probably pick Stanford. If it if it were me, uh, just because I mean, trip to Jerry World would be really nice. Plus, first game of the year, it's gonna be huge for momentum down the stretch. What if whoever wins that game is how Moutier determines where he goes? That would be a little weird. I think. <laughs> Fight to Although, the death. <laughs> Because I used to, th- when I was, when I, I used to think that uh, uh, head-to-head matchups mattered a lot more in recruiting, I now realize that it does not really matter like at all. Uh, for the most part, it's more so uh, the environment, maybe in a head-to-head. Like I don't know, maybe someone that came and visited a KU game, maybe they'd be swayed by a raucous environment as opposed to like the winner of the game. Yeah. So maybe Moutier goes to that game and K-State shows out, has like 50,000 uh, in Jerry World. Some, something really great. And, yeah, and if ticket sales are anything to go by, Stanford's not buying anything. Stanford's definitely not showing up to that. There's going to be more Cowboys fans than Stanford fans at that game. That's and the take of the it's, day. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely hilarious to see. And K-State, well, that's basically going to be a home game. Honestly, uh, in terms of environment, I mean, it will be because KSA controls all of the uh, the presentation and pageantry and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but it's only going to be helped by the fact that it's going to be a, a definite K-State majority in the crowd. But I don't know, to get back to your original question, uh, sometimes uh, game day visits will help. Uh, other times it won't matter. All I will say is I don't think it will hurt the exception of it being horribly cold or something. Because <laughs> the worst State game? Yes. <laughs> that game was awful. But that's, that's the thing, though, about cold games. If it snows, the cold is fine, honestly. Because snow games, just they they just have they a feel certain... feel different. They feel a little different. Uh, so it's fine if it's cold, but it's snowing. Just because that's cool. But if it's just cold for no reason, that just sucks. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just sitting there. They're miserable. You, As a lineman, you smack someone in the pads. Your hands are stinging for the next, like, five or ten minutes. Yeah, you're just sitting there like, what's the point of all this cold? Like, like <laughs> nothing's coming of this. We're just suffering. Yeah. But my take on the, the game day visits, I think game day visits will... This is going to be my take. I think we get... Not a lot, but I think we pick up two or three recruits a day after or two days after or within a week of game day visits. Because I think that 
I know just personally, I'm still somewhat around the age that some of these guys would be committing to. I'm only, what, I'm 20, so I'm two, two or three years older than them. I know that if I walked into a stadium and this and if I had the environment going to where everyone is into the game, everyone is yelling their hearts out, and if I'm standing on the field and I'm just all of that's directed towards me, I feel like I man, this would be a great place to play. And that that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's something to that that there will probably be a handful of guys that commit after a game day visit. Shaquan Bowser might be a great candidate for that because he's pushed his commitment to the fall. And he's a considered a case saline, at least by 24-7 standards. Now they have um, uh, I think they have a prediction for K-State on 24-7 recruiting. So uh, Bowser might be a guy to look for falling into that category. So that kind of wraps up the the recruiting the recruiting section, and now let's get into the scandal that everyone on Twitter talks about, but none of the sports media seems to be talking about. Why is that? Well, because it's a beef specifically with the largest sports media company that exists in the world, which I don't understand how, because as I've said before, and I will continue to repeat, ESPN is being held up by the shambling corpse of Stephen A. Smith and occasional broadcast from Peyton Manning. But... <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's all I can say on that. But the controversy has come out with the American Conference and ESPN apparently conspiring to decimate the Big 12 and make sure that it no longer remains a conference. And this is a, an issue I feel like you can explain a tiny bit better than me. So do you want to do you want to take the spot here? And I'll jump in with anything I need to say. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, do you want me to just read through all these events that you have, or do you want me to just like say what's what the deal is? Because this seems like more of a timeline that we have here. So yeah, yeah. I'll just describe. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's been discovered over the last few days that there is a grand conspiracy. Maybe that's a little bit. Too serious of like, honestly, it's really not too <laughs> no, serious. No, it's not. Like, it's kind of, it's literally kind of what's what happening. Is. That's what it is. Um, there's a conspiracy uh, between the ES between ESPN and the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, uh, to pretty much destroy the Big Twelve. Um, and it's really, really, really disgusting. It's also kind of hilarious at the same time that ESPN thought that this would work. <laughs> You thought uh, because, this would work? You think this yeah. is a game? Yeah, like, if ESPN wanted to destroy the Big 12 and lure schools into leaving, why didn't they just try and use the Pac-12? Yeah, of all the things, you choose the American. Yeah, they chose the American Conference, which is the exact conference the Big 12 is currently probably going to take teams from themselves. <laughs> so why would a Big 12 school leave to go to the American? That's... Such a weird choice by ESPN, but nevertheless, they they decided to do it. Uh, ESPN also had their hands in the ES uh, the excuse me the OU and Texas uh, departure to the SEC. Uh, they helped to coordinate that. They were kind of a go between, and uh, allegedly at least, allegedly, 
and they uh, basically were able to convince them to do it because they recently purchased the SEC uh, Game of the Week uh, TV deal, which is worth more than the entire Big 12 TV deal, which is really, Same. really, really That's sad. Fine. Which, granted, ESPN is probably overpaying for that, overbidding it a little bit. Uh, but still... Uh, that's that's what happened there, and then ESPN uh, decided taking two teams from the Big Twelve wasn't enough because they realized that the Big Twelve might try and sue, uh, or at the very least try and uh, get the big buyout, which ESPN did not want to pay because they are, let's say, in dire financial state right yeah, now. We'll say that. We'll say that. And we'll say that. And they they said, well, we really would rather not. Uh, pay the buyout to all these Big 12 schools would be about 80 million per school. So they decided, you know, it'd be easier than paying this buyout is just destroying the Big 12. So there are technically no schools to pay it to because the Big 12 wouldn't exist anymore. Enter the American Conference, and they went to the American Conference. Uh, this is oversimplified, uh, and they go to the American Conference commissioner, who this is an important note a former executive at ESPN and also helped orchestrate the demise of the Big East about a decade ago. Uh, this guy, Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Conference, uh, they went to him and they basically said, hey, start courting some Big 12 schools. Three to five schools is allegedly the number. And just get them to join. Get a, Just get two, two or three to actually leave because then the Big 12 would be forced to dissolve, and then that would uh, result in the uh, uh, dissolving of the TV deal, and ESPN would then save over a billion dollars, and all they would have to do is slightly overpay the American Conference, and uh, what they was being called, in air quotes, incentives, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll call them incentive. <laughs> yeah, the the common parlance is bribery. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bribe. Don't don't get it twisted. Basically. And uh, that's that's basically that is ESPN got with the American conference and tried to destroy the Big Twelve conference to save themselves a lot of money. And were very sloppy about it because they just went and asked Big 12 schools if they wanted to destroy their own situation, and they said no, and then went and the Big 12. <laughs> what no, a but, bunch of morons. Seriously. No, but wait, but wait I'll, I'll actually take this next part. But wait, all it right. gets better. Because not only did they do all of this, they apparently believed there was going to be no repercussions for it. And I think that's the most hilarious part. Because right? as much as I will continue to bu to bully Bob Bowlesby, this is the one thing that he has done this entire time that has genuinely impressed me. First thing he did was this Wednesday, he issued a cease and desist order to ESPN that basically said, do not talk to me or any of my eight children ever again. Oh, and also if you talk to any of the adoptive children that I'm looking at, don't do that either. So that, that's already just, like, a gigantic power move. <laughs> you go, Bob. You Do go, your thing. Bob. But wait, it gets better. Because that'd be strange enough if he just issued a cease and desist order, but I, I would understand it because it's a difficult time for the conference, you know. You don't want anyone posting stories that might damage the view of the conference. But no, 
it gets better because he comes out and says he has definitive proof that the ESPN was meddling in both the Big 12 and the American, and now it is looking more and more likely that not only ESPN is going to get taken to court, but OU and Texas alongside with them. Oh. <laughs> I, I believe they might even uh, rope in the SEC, because the SEC would have to have some sort of knowledge. So at this point, it's going to be ESPN executives, the presidents and athletic directors of OU in Texas, and the commissioner and higher-ups of the SEC. If this were to go to court, they would all be subpoenaed and all put on the stand, and none of them want that to happen. Absolutely not, because they know they'd have to indict themselves. <laughs> yeah! So and, uh, maybe, maybe the funniest thing of that whole thing with the Bulls be cease and desist and accusing ESPN and the AAC as ESPN came out and was like hey these are stupid comments we'd never do something like this also we have to say this because why would we admit it and then the American and all of their wisdom didn't even deny it they just said no comment no comment (laughs) this is simultaneously one of the more diabolical things to happen in college football history at least in my memory and also one of the dumbest because they're handling it so badly. Oh, it, it, this would be tragic if they weren't hilariously incompetent. But just like with their daytime TV schedule, which I've been forced to watch, unfortunately. I, I do say forced by saying nothing else was on. It, I'm sorry for your loss. I, I am too. I can never get back <laughs> those brain cells. But the, the hilarious thing is, is that they are somehow more incompetent when they did this. It's like, oh, what's the guy from The Simpsons who just keeps stepping on rakes and it just smacks him in the face? That's just ESPN. I, I don't know the guy's name. I haven't really watched The Simpsons before. Uh, Simpsons Rake Person? Simpsons Rake Person. That's his name. Sideshow Bob, I think, is his name. Um, sure. <laughs> but here's... I, someone, maybe me... Maybe not me. Someone needs to make a parody image of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, one of the the comic book covers, and just make it the Big 12 versus the world. And the Fiona is just all of the Big 12 schools, and all of the X's are just the SEC and ESPN. Someone needs to make that happen. <laughs> There's been a lot of things like that over the last few days. Like, I've seen the Hateful Eight used a lot Yep. Uh, for representing the Big 12. Um, the, the analogy I really like, I tweeted this out, is, uh, pardon, uh, my, my nerdness, although this is barely nerdy, Star Wars is basically mainstream at this point, yeah. uh, in this scenario, uh, in the prequels, uh, the Big 12 would be the Republic, uh, OU and Texas, they would be, uh, the Separatists, and then ESPN is just Palpatine pulling the strings, like, on both <laughs> <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> it's a pretty apt analogy, honestly. Yep, because, uh, both those schools and the Big 12 are actually really dumb, although neither of them are wrong, necessarily. I mean, yeah. OU and Texas are worse, I think, than the Separatists, actually, but... No, ESPN's definitely Palpatine, though. Oh, Just like, 100%. Except, except they're dumber. <laughs> except they're they, have, dumber. they have one brain cell between every single employee. 
Which is significantly fewer than Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> but at least seven or eight less. Yeah. So we we've gone over the events themselves and what we're more or less left asking is, well, what is what does this mean? And I separated it personally into five questions, which Connor I will not be asking in the order they are presented. I apologize. Okay. That's but the the first one it seems to have a pretty obvious answer. Does the Big 12 get an even bigger payout now? Not only from OU in Texas, but from ESPN? <laughs> um, almost certainly yes at this point. this is a, The Big 12 sticks together, which every day it seems more and more likely that they will for no other reason than financial, just to screw over ESPN and OU and Texas now aptly referred to as out. Yeah. Uh, which is actually hilarious. I love that. I do love that. Uh, That's great. Just to screw them over as they leave. Like, yeah, we can't stop you from leaving, and we're going to sink, but we're going to drag you down with us, at least for a while. Which I, I appreciate the pettiness from the Big 12. And yeah. I doubt this ever gets to court, but it's going to be years of settlement negotiations. And the Big 12 will almost certainly get more money than they would have originally because of this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, I think that's the, the best part, is just seeing everyone on Twitter thinking of what K-State is going to buy with the the north of $400 million that they might get. The Go Emon boards will finally get their lazy river. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to you guys over there. You've been fighting for this for over a decade. Uh, you, you've really earned this. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, the, the ESPN just becomes the K-State network just to stick it to Texas even more. <laughs> The second that Casey is the owner of ESPN, OU will never be getting another kickoff that is not 11 a.m. <laughs> Truly. 18-dimensional chess is being played here. They will be stuck in kickoff purgatory for the remainder of their existence. I regret to inform you. Yeah. Actually, I don't regret to inform you. I'm very pleased to inform you of that. Yeah, and we touched on, we both touched on this. Will the Big 12 stick together now just out of spite? And the answer is yes. Almost certainly, I would say. I think the only way that this doesn't happen is if every single Big 12 team is able to get a Power 5 landing spot, even Baylor and TCU at this point. Because I think at this point there's a shared interest that is bigger than trying to get to a power conference, at least in the short term. In the long term, they may still leave, but they're gonna they're gonna absolutely just rob the treasure chest from ESPN, OU, and Texas before they do it. Because if they split from the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve can no longer go to court and try and settle with ESPN and OU and Texas because the Big Twelve would not exist. Mm -hmm. So So yeah, there's that. So I, I'd imagine it's almost certain that they stick together for money. If anybody messes this up, hold on, let's, on, on, on one, I'll count back from three, on one, uh, say who, which of the eight schools would mess this up? I think we, we agree on this. Oh no, Get we ready. agree on this. Room ready. Three, two, one, KU. KU. Yup. It's KU. It, it's As, KU. They will leave, if they were to get a Big Ten invite, which I doubt that they will, they, they would absolutely take it and screw over the rest of the Big 12. Um, Iowa State, I don't think they do. I think they're too honorable. 
No, I. That's something that there's this weird brotherhood that's formed with all of the schools that we normally, as K State fans, despise. There's this weird brotherhood. You sent me a meme that was. Uh, uh, it was a. It was, was Elrond and Elrond. Gimli from Lord yeah. of the Rings. I have never seen myself dying alongside a cyclone. Uh, then it was a. Uh, how about side by side with a friend? I I, I could do that. that I could do that. <laughs> That yeah, I can do. That is kind of the attitude I have right now with Iowa State. I think Farmageddon is on an indefinite pause, at least in terms of hatred, mm-hmm. with the exception of game day. But everything yeah. in between, we're in a temporary alliance until we can properly screw over all of our enemies, and then we can return to it because we'll just be floating in money. <laughs> until that day, wheat is equal to corn. But that is a temporary arrangement. <laughs> this is temporary. <laughs> And so, just moving on from from that question, that we'll go more into the final question about specifically the Big Twelve. Do you think this helps or hurts the Big Twelve's ability to poach AAC schools? Um, I think I think I'm, and at the end of the day, it may help down the road because uh, when the settlements and whatnot starts to come out, there's going to be so much money for the Big 12 schools, and I think Fox, uh, Fox Sports may eventually get involved uh, in this as well, because if ESPN was meddling with the Big 12 and trying to destroy them, Fox owns a not insignificant portion of the Big 12 media rights, so mm-hmm. Fox would see that as a rival company interfering with their investment uh, for that company's benefit. So Fox, they may get involved in this and ultimately save the Big 12 from a media deal perspective down the road, which would be, I'd be fine with that, honestly. Oh, yeah, and I'm good with that. I'm, in a perfect world, I think I would love to have CBS just so we could like have a game of the week on CBS because I think that CBS has maybe the best presentation or the most consistent presentation of any of the Ooh. college sports networks. Because CBS does not have the SEC anymore. Uh, they lost that to uh, uh, to ESPN. So I would love to... Uh, Just stick uh, it to yeah, like CBS. that. That would be nice. I I would be totally fine with that. Because CBS really only has the Mountain West. Right so, I don't know. Either way, KC may end up with CBS anyways. <laughs> Who has Pac-12? Uh, Fox does, I think. Okay, so Fox has Pac-12 after dark. Um, I... Yeah, I think it's primarily Fox that may have a little bit with ESPN. Okay. So, I, my kind of take on it is it it's going to help 100%. Not only because the Big 12 itself would be rolling in money, but because it would make it easier to have buyouts be paid out by the Big 12 from coming from the AAC. Because as much as I do have respect for the schools in the AAC... The leadership in the American has shown they are not to be trusted. So they will try and squeeze every single bit of money that they can out of the schools that are leaving. I'm especially thinking about University of Central Florida and Cincinnati, the two premier American schools right now. And they're going to squeeze them for every dollar they're worth of their buyout. And if the Big 12 gets this payout, it's going to be easier for them to... I think they're going to come no matter no matter what. I think Cincinnati and UCF are basically locks to come to the yep. Big 12. I, I agree. Like Houston. 
Houston's um, kind of been fading recently. Oh, because uh, they, uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, and TCU don't want another Texas market. Yeah, basically, at least not take Houston. Hmm. That that's my take. If they if they're scared of another market, maybe they should try and take the market first. That would be nice. I mean, I'd, if we really want the Houston market, I would say we should just try and get Texas A and M because I'm pretty sure they have a pretty good hold on the Houston market as well. But obviously, A and M's not going to leave the SEC because yeah. they hate they hate Texas as much as they do, and they still bent to the SEC's will. Like A yeah. and M, they can't be overstated how hate Texas, and they were so against Texas joining, and were throwing such a public fit about it, and they still bent the will of the SEC, which is kind of depressing. Uh, it's not a good look for them either. I was kind of hoping that they would just be a lone no vote, just. Because why not? Out of solidarity. Uh, yeah. Nevertheless. Yeah. But anyway, I think the, the two sure things are Cincinnati and UCF, and they will have significant buyouts. So I think the Big 12 sticking together and getting this payout, which I think is borderline inevitable, especially if Bowlesby's evidence is as strong as he says it is, which I'm not ruling out him overplaying his hand, but... yeah. It might be a situation where ESPN goes, like, I don't know if he could, but I'm not going to stick around to find out. Yeah, so, like, because it's entirely feasible that Bullsby does have ridiculously solid evidence because it would have to be a school from the Big 12 that was being courted by the American, uh, basically saying, hey, the American was trying to court us, like, and they were saying that ESPN was going to pay them more on the next TV deal. And that's, like, not... That's nowhere near out of the realm of possibility for it being true. Because it happened. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like I think. So the chances of that being the truth are just so high that I I, I think it's really unlikely that he's overplaying his hand. Just because I think his hand is probably ridiculously strong right now, and uh, there's no reason for ESPN and OU and Texas to try and take a chance on that because if this goes to court, it's gonna get really ugly for them because. Yeah. A lot of stuff would start to come out about them. A settlement makes by far the most sense for ESPN, OU, and Texas because then they don't get put on the stand. Their dirty laundry doesn't get aired out in public, at least not as badly as already has been. And uh, it just would wrap things up a little bit more smoothly for all players, and Big 12 will still get the money that they are uh, deserved. Yep. And now we're going to move into the question specifically about the American. How how far does this rabbit hole go? And the the next part of this question requires a tiny bit of context. Connor's favorite stadium in the world was going to get renovated. And it was announced to be renovated, what was it, a day was it either the day of or the day before all of this news came out? Do you remember? It was the it was the day of. It was the it was in the morning and this news came out in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so Memphis was going to renovate the Liberty Bowl. And they That's not my favorite this. stadium. That's my least favorite design. <laughs> By the way, just want to get on record. He loves, he loves the Liberty Bowl. That's gonna, Shut that's up. what's gonna be on a T-shirt. We, we Shut love up. the Liberty Bowl. Shut up! But... Shut up! Shut up! Hate <laughs> it. But, so this kind of raised the question: 
Connor and I thought about this. We actually sent it to each other within what was it, thirty seconds of one another. It Wait. was almost it was almost simultaneous that we brought this up with each other. We were texting about it, and out of nowhere, completely unprompted, we had the same epiphany at about the exact same time. Wait, and is Memphis going to renovate the Liberty Bowl with ESPN money? <laughs> the answer is probably at least partially, like because I would imagine what happened is that Memphis was in contact with their commissioner, you know, as a school and conference is. And they were basically like, hey, ESPN said, you guys should go destroy the Big 12 and we'll give you a bit more money and we pinky promise not to screw you over later. Don't pay any attention to us saying that to the Big 12 a decade ago. And <laughs> Memphis was like, wow, that's crazy. Let's use this extra money to make our terrible stadium less terrible. And uh, then they basically came out and said, hey, we have some renovations planned. And... The announcement is conveniently coming out today, and there's no reason for that whatsoever. And then, literally, like, six hours later, uh, it starts to come out that ESPN was going to uh, offer the AAC uh, bribes. Uh, I'm not even going to say incentives in no, airports anymore. Bribes. It's bribes. And uh, they were not offering them incentives. Damn, I just did it. Uh, they were offering them bribes to... Uh, uh, destroy the Big 12, and Memphis was like, wow, that's crazy. That has nothing to do with our stadium renovations that we no just No one pointed it out. No but, one pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, nobody mentioned that. Like, like, I feel like that's such an obvious thing, but I guess Memphis announcing Liberty Bowl renovations just is on the radar of most people. Like, <laughs> be honest, right? the, the only reason we knew about it was because you sent it to me, and you said, I'm not sure if this is a direct quote, but it's pretty close. <laughs> you said something to the effect of, there is nothing they can do to that godforsaken stadium. I I don't know if that's exactly what I said, but in spirit... Something to the effect. That's basically... Uh, I meant the same thing, whatever it was. I'll go back and find it. Uh, I saw, Oh, here it is. I said, quote that too far gone. Yeah. <laughs> So basically the same, yeah. It's too far gone. But, so the the final question that, and this one actually has a more serious tone, because unlike our, our good friend at over at Bosco's Boys, Scott, he, he did it the night of, and he was very angry. We've had time to, to digest, which also shout out Bosco's Boys, the great podcast. Great guys, great dudes. Okay. Yeah, great guys. But I, I would know his answer to this question, and I feel like we both have the same answer. Has the media done an effective job of telling not even the full story, but any part of this story? In a word, no. In, In two words, words, hell no. <laughs> In many words. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for the media not telling the story properly of what's going on here not properly documenting what's happening uh part of it is they don't care uh because a lot of people in media for some reason see this as great for college football i brought this up on the bosco's boys live show uh, and scott's mentioned it a few times online uh that this is basically like the european super league except instead of all of college football fans coming together against it most of them are just saying, oh, wow, this is so great. Like, 
like I don't understand like why random fans like from other conferences like why is like Joe Schmo of Boston College being like wow this will <laughs> sure be great for me no it won't actually it's going to be horrible for you no. because unbeknownst to you Florida State's trying to leave the ACC now <laughs> oh oh what was that I have a frog in my throat sorry about that but no the media's done a terrible job of telling the story and a lot of it can be seen uh or a lot of that can be explained through uh, the ESPN's, uh, uh, I don't know, tagline, motto, whatever. Uh, uh, they're the worldwide leader in sports, as they proclaim themselves. And the worldwide leader in sports is not going to tell the full story of their utter corruption and attempt to ruin the financial state of eight universities. Yeah. Ultimately, to temporarily prop up a lesser conference to then screw them over later and at the end of the day just funnel more and more money into their golden child aka the SEC until they're basically all that's left and the Big Ten is the only challenger but it won't matter because ESPN has Disney behind them and Fox is Fox and Fox has the Big Ten and that's not going to be enough uh, ultimately, ESPN will put more and more and more money into the SEC until they win every single year, and nobody will care about college football anymore. Yeah, I. I'm I hope that's not what happens. We've we've had this discussion a lot over yeah, the last few days. We kind of talk in circles about it. I'm very pessimistic about it. The Ace does not feel the same way. I, I'm more optimistic about it. Not. Not because I don't think that the SEC is just immediately going to basically be the conference and then everyone else is just kind of there. I think that if the current trajectory continues, I think that's what happens. But I still think that college football will survive just because it's college football. But on more on topic of, has the media done an effective job of telling the full story? Absolutely not. And this goes back to, there was a segment either yesterday morning or this morning where they they had a graphic it said Oklahoma and Texas have combined for the last 11 Big 12 championships that <laughs> which it's not true it's not the truth that's literally false information like that's not true at all because what is it i think almost half the Big 12 has a Big 12 championship in that window because OU has, like, six or seven or something, which is actually a lot. Texas has, like, one or two. Uh, K-State has one. Oklahoma State has one. Baylor has one. TCU has one. Baylor actually has two because they shared one with TCU. Yeah, and I think we – I think the one we have, wasn't that shared with Oklahoma or is that a standard? It was, yeah, that was shared with Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State had one the year before that they won outright, the year that they got screwed out of being in the BCS. And then uh, Baylor won outright in 2013. Then Baylor and TCU split in 2014. Then, oh, who won in 2015? Shoot. Hang on. Was that TCU? I think it was TCU. The, it was Oklahoma. Uh, Then they've won every time since 2015. Ouch. But regardless, ESPN straight up lied on national television. And no one called them on it. 
the the only people calling him on it were people from the remaining eight Big Twelve schools, and the media was just like, Haha, "That's that's so funny." Like, it's it's kind of sad how complicit national sports media is in the destruction of the rest of the Big Twelve, and I think it's literally just because partly they won't they'll have to do less work, um, partly because uh, the SEC. Uh, being good is better for them in the short term, but probably bad in the long term. And then they also, they just, they they don't care about schools that aren't SEC. They simply do not care. Like, it's, it's like a laughing matter to them that, like, people will ultimately lose jobs. They keep saying that's, like, an over-the-top take, but it's actually not, especially in a city like Manhattan or a city like Lawrence or a city like Stillwater, or a city like Ames, where the town surrounding the university is so reliant on the university from an economic perspective, that once uh, the teams lose prestige, uh, they get lower TV rev, so the athletic department has less revenue, less revenue to pay people, they cut jobs, less people are coming to games, TV money is worse, and as money is not flowing into the city as much, uh, businesses that rely on big game days, they're going to start to lose money as well. And they're going to lose even more money from people leaving the city uh, that were in the athletic department to find new jobs. And that's just, it's going to be slow and steady decline in all of those that were so reliant. And it's all going to be because OU wanted a gajillion more dollars because they weren't pretty ridiculously rich enough. And ESPN just wanted to put a fork in the Big 12 for fun so they could save a little bit more money to throw it at Texas. And the media doesn't care. Yeah, I, that's... Yeah, the media just does does not care about the Big 12, which, like, whatever. Fine. We'll have our own media with blackjack and hookers, and it'll be beautiful, and you can't take that from us. Yep. So that... Big- Big 12 Network. Big 12 Network. The Big 12 Sponsored. versus the yeah. world. Or Big 12 Network, formerly known as ESPN. When the time the settlement <laughs> is over. Yup. But that that kind of takes us towards the end of the end of this this wacky odyssey. Which this leads us conspiracy. This conspiracy. This dark conspiracy. If you could pick one word to describe this entire and you can't use the word conspiracy. To okay. describe this entire situation, how would you describe it? Um, sad, I think. I'm very sad at the end of the day. I've gone through the stages of grief like eight times at this point <laughs> because things just keep happening, and it's been an absolute roller coaster ride of emotions. But I would say the overarching emotion has been sadness because I... I'm going to really miss the Big 12 as it was. I already did when I was younger. I didn't really understand realignment when I was like 11 or 12 when it happened the first time. But I was just sad that we weren't playing like Colorado and A&M and Missouri and Nebraska all the time anymore. And I was like, who's West Virginia? Why are they in our conference? And yeah. TCU is fine, I guess. To be fair, <laughs> we're still like that with West Virginia. But Yeah, uh, that's that's still a reason. Uh, like we're still kind of antsy about them. TCU is fine. I don't mind TCU. I like them. Um, but on a realignment, it's fun to speculate about when it's not actually happening, but then when it actually starts happening, uh, it kind of sucks because, 
That's not personal at all. That's just a totally random episode. See the realignment episode. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You caused this. No comment. (laughs) Call me the AAC. But yeah, I'm just sad because I'm. It just makes me sad that OU in Texas they placed money ahead of tradition, which I mean we should have coming the whole time it was the crux of the nuclear option anyway texas and ou putting money ahead of tradition and actual like goodness Good <laughs> yeah uh, they're they're content with being worse to make more money and their fans are surprisingly fine with it because it's crazy how much they care more about their athletic department making more money rather than their team being good and winning like because that's ultimately how they see the competition is that they make more money which is really sad that that's what sports has come to i mean that's just kind of a microcosm of sports at this point and anyways like they're literally comparing like oh our football team makes more money than yours and so like that our athletic department is worth like 11 billion dollars at texas who cares i it literally doesn't matter how much money your athletic department is worth when your football team goes five and seven and loses to KU. Like, it does not matter. It's just very sad that they are leaving the SEC to continue to suck but get paid a ridiculous sum of money. Uh, It just makes me sad. I I hate it. Which leads into the one word I would use, which is greed. Oh, that might actually be better than mine. Or avarice. (laughs) Or avarice we're going for. Greed is good. Have a bonus. That's that's a reference no one gets. But yeah, yeah that's just what the hell what does that mean? Good, I'm not telling you. Okay. Know. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. But that that's that's just the number one thing that comes to my mind for all the reasons that you said. It's just greed. It's only greed. It just hurts the game. I yeah. I I don't. Well, I, I was about to say, I don't get how they don't see that, but I think they do see it and don't care. Which, I mean, there's there's a quote out there somewhere from an, a Texas athletic department official speaking anonymously to some journalist. The journalist asked, what do you think about uh, this? Uh, how this will affect the other Big 12 schools and their communities? And the Texas guy literally said, we don't care. Which is like... That's kind of this whole situation in a nutshell. And it's just Texas and OU being unbelievably selfish. And just, I I get that they want to make more money, but just but why the expense of your your conference partners and the game as a whole? It's just, it's, just, it's going to really hurt the college football product. They're not going to get any better. Texas is already the most valuable athletic department by far. It's not like they need more money. I. Uh, yeah. Sadness, greed, greed and sadness. Selfish would be another one, but we we're getting into wallowing territory. So let let's let's hop off this subject and until we inevitably have to pick it up next week to replace a segment that we've been trying to do for a month straight, but we'll never get to do. 
Things just keep happening in the time of the year when nothing is supposed to happen. Yeah, because... Thanks, not, I'm realignment. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to spoil the segment, but we just suffice it to say, we've had this segment planned since pretty much the beginning of the podcast, but we only recently started talking about doing it. And it's been three consecutive weeks where we said this would be a great week to do the pot to do this segment, and then something happens. And it would be really happens. fun, but you know what? OU and Texas are selfish and greedy and sad, and they don't want us to do this segment. That's the greatest travesty of free alignment is they aren't letting us do this segment. <laughs> Nothing else. Just two idiots don't get to talk about what they want to. <laughs> right? I'm glad you see that. So, let's just move on to the double-headed segment, the wacky segment of the week. And this one came about, the first one, which is our typical question format, which I've decided is now our typical format for wacky, wacky segment of the week. What coach in college football would win a barbecue cook-off? And this came out, this came out of my head just because we had a recruiting event that was just a cookout yesterday. And I said jokingly that Kleiman's ribs apparently were not good enough to pull to pull Kanak from Clemson. <laughs> Which I've never had any of Kleiman's food, to be fair. He could be an excellent grill master. But who do we who what coach in college football is going to win a cookoff? Do do you have a mind in, do you have someone in mind? Because I, I I have someone in mind. I have two people in mind with an honorable mention uh my 1a is dan mullen of florida okay uh i don't know why i just look at him and think he's probably good at barbecuing and basically the same thing for the second guy who is jimbo fisher of texas a&m i think with a name like jimbo you have to be good at barbecuing (laughs) or you don't have much else to bring to the table honestly (laughs) like like, if you look at him, he's got to be good at it. My honorable mention is Ed Orgeron, like, if we're including crawfish. No, he, I mean, crawfish I is mean, not again, barbecue. <laughs> no, we're including crawfish, because you could, I mean, you could put it on a grill or something. Just, like, <laughs> he, he can do it, I'm sure. Man's crazy. I So I, I just set up, like, a tiny little bracket in my head. So I, I think the final four would end up being Jimbo Fisher. That's something that we agreed on. I feel like just for some reason, Gus Malzahn Albert, of Auburn slash UCF fame, I feel like, because he was around in Arkansas, so I have a feeling that he probably has some experience with a grill. Followed by Kirby Smart, just because Georgia grill. And then I think the person who takes it home, it just because... Wait, he, I, I have a guess. I'm not going to say it, but I'll let you know. If I was right. It's Mike Gundy. Yeah. There's, there's no way Mike Gundy isn't isn't an amazing He's a grill master. He's gotta he be. He has to be. I like, think the runner up, up I, I I just I just thought of this and he actually I think he would be the runner up in my mind is Brett Bielema. Uh oh. I Right? Like I forgot about him until uh you were about to announce it. But I was like, yeah, it's got to be Mike Gundy because like, we were talking about him so much on the last episode or two <laughs> weeks ago or whatever. But Brett Bielema, I bet he can barbecue pretty well. 
No, because what I have set up in my mind is Mike Gundy just in his backyard next to, like, a dock. He has on his One America shirt. He has a visor on with the mullet just coming out the back, and he's just grilling hot dogs. Wearing some this pit vipers, drinking yeah. bush. <laughs> he's just for several hours at a time. Mike Gundy he's has... Some, yeah. Where he's got some jean shorts with a, a his white tucked in t shirt. Uh, the jorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's got one hand uh, with the, uh, the spatula and one hand just on his hip, just standing there, flipping patties, <laughs> cooking stuff. Okay, so. Are, are we both in agreement that, that Gundy ends up being the barbecue champion? Yeah, I think I think I've been convinced. I wish I would have thought of him originally, but I think you're definitely right. Like Brett Bielema's close. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's close. Uh, I think the Daniel, Where's uh, Bielema from again? Uh, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, he formerly coached uh, Arkansas. Actually, he's from the Bill Snyder coaching tree. He was a coordinator at K-State for several years in the 90s along with uh, Bob Stoops, Brent Venables, and uh, Mark Mangino. That was a ridiculously talented coaching staff uh, in the late 90s. And then uh, Dan Mullen is a sleeper pick uh, from Florida. Yeah. So is that two weeks in a row where Mike Gundy ends up being the champion of the wacky segment of the week? Yeah, he's just a wacky guy. So he's kind of a shoe-in for these uh, what CFB coach can do X. It's probably Mike Gundy. What CFB coach cannot piss off his players by wearing a One America shirt? Well, well, he can't win them all. He can't win them all. And this leads us somewhat nicely into who I think would be a mid-range Big 12 pitmaster, and that is Lance Leipold, but more broadly KU. KU put out a graphic... And I'm not going to sugarcoat this, so the two KU people that I know I have in the audience, I'm sorry, but we can't miss the opportunity to laugh at something like this, because they put out this graphic in which they pretended to be a part of the Kansas City metro area. (laughs) To be fair to KU here, this would be funny if anybody did this. Oh, no, it'd be hilarious. Relative to to their city. It's not like, just because it's KU. It's because like, it's <laughs> it's because it's dumb. Like what if like like Wake goes out here, like Waco and Dallas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like come on. Like, and, this was this was pretty cringy. You ran the numbers on this. Aren't they closer to Topeka than they are to Kansas City? <laughs> Yep, uh, we ran the numbers, and according to our calculations on Apple Maps, uh, if you take I-70 on the toll roads, uh, it is closer from Lawrence to Topeka uh, than it is to take K-10 to Olathe, which is kind of Kansas City. So it'd be more apt to say that KU is a suburb of Topeka, although that's still not true, because they're similarly sized towns. But... I, I'm not sure why KU decided to claim Kansas City as part of his metro. It'd be fair to say that Lawrence is kind of close to Kansas City, but I don't think you can claim MCI as Lawrence's airport. No, you can't. They tried to do that. 
Like, come on, are you? Is <laughs> you can't just do that. <laughs> like you, come on, man. Yeah, that that, that was the, wow. The claim about their jobs was legitimate. I will say that them finding jobs was was a legitimate claim. You know. Yeah, that's a legit claim. But claiming like, that you are, in all other senses, just a part of the Kansas City Metro, including claiming an airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and ultimately, it's not unreasonably further if you're in the center of Lawrence uh, to go hear me out uh, to go to the Manhattan airport instead yes. of MCI. But they can't like, claim Manhattan airport. Like, like, MCI is absolutely closer to Lawrence than Lawrence is to Manhattan. But, but. If, if MCI was, I don't know, all their planes ran out of gas at the exact same time and all their gas evaporated, you could be like, oh, that's too bad. Well, we'll just drive to Manhattan. Be longer. Yeah. But it would... It would like, reasonably it's, could. It, 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 it would only be, like, an extra 30 minutes-ish. Like... <laughs> uh, let's go into, like, what else is on this. I don't know. I need to pick me up right now. Because I'm... <laughs> um, what, the barbecue wasn't a good enough pick-me-up? <laughs> No, no, I need more. Uh, more. I, said ex- I said extremely fast growing areas over 2.5 million and working in the Lawrence slash KC area. Which is what? Like what? <laughs> you're not you're not wrong if you draw a gigantic circle. If you but... gerrymander everything in the northeastern part of the state. Yeah, Lawrence and KC aren't even in the same congressional district. Like, how are we, like... <laughs> how are we doing this? I don't know, I guess Senate districts, maybe, but, like... <laughs> maybe. Wink. But, yeah, like... You say 2.5 million in the Lawrence-KC area when I think about 90 to 95,000 of those people are in the Lawrence area and mm-hmm. the remaining, like, 2.4 million <laughs> are in the KC area. Well, I guess I'm discounting, like, Eudora there. Uh, shame on me. But, wow. Um, oh, my! I think one of my favorite parts of this is uh, art everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's listed as like a perk. Um what? Are every I mean there's Nelson Atkins. Yeah. In Kansas City. Um There's there's a that big there's like that that thing in front of Nelson Atkins. I forget what that's called. It's a is it's uh I think it's a picture of a shuttlecock. It is. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say that. Shuttlecock. I don't want to say that and be wrong because that's a really bad word to mess up. Like, yeah, no, it's a shuttlecock. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no, there's nothing that sounds like that. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, just I, I mean, I I will say I'll I'll go devil's advocate here. I understand why KU is putting this out right now because there is a recruiting thing. And also, 
they're desperately trying to get the Big Ten to be like, oh wow, wow, this is this is great. They're basically in a season. No, and no. <laughs> like, like they have a better claim to it than Manhattan does, obviously. But Manhattan isn't claiming to be part of some larger metro that it's not a part of. Lawrence is close to Kansas City, but it's not in the metro area. I think to be considered part of a metro area, you have to, you have to basically be in be, the metro area. You have to be attached, all, almost attached at least. Yeah. No more than five minute drive. But it's like like 35 or 40 minutes from Lawrence to Olathe, which is the closest connection to KC. And Olathe is like it's not KC? Metro. It's not Metro. <laughs> Overland Park is when you really when you, like when you that's when the debate really could begin that's when you're you're there but i don't know but this is just like this is something that normally wouldn't be a big deal honestly but after going through like two weeks of hell like i'm just grasping at straws here man <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the barbecue cook-off was my idea but you wanted to address the ku thing <laughs> yeah like I don't really hate KU right now, honestly. I, 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 I'm I putting that on pause because I, I don't have the energy to hate them. I have energy only to focus on a few enemies at once, and the enemies are OU, Texas, and ESPN. I, I guess the American Conference as well. No, I can't but, bring myself to hate them. I can't. Oh, okay. We'll see. I hate Mike, I hate Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the AAC. I, yeah, I can't bring myself to hate, like, Tulsa. What did Tulsa do? Nothing. <laughs> They're innocent. This, is, this isn't their fault, probably, I guess. <laughs> it, it might actually be. We don't know. They could be the Tulsa grand masterminds. Actually, <laughs> Tulsa was actually the secret masterminds behind getting OU and Texas out of the conference so they can make their way into the Big 12. That would be very unlikely. <laughs> I don't see where they have the leverage to do it. You can't roll it out, I guess. That's a possibility. Can't prove me wrong. I can't. I can't prove you wrong right now, which really annoys me. But <laughs> I don't think you're right. <laughs> I guess you're you're not. I cannot be proven definitively wrong. You're not certifiably wrong. You're probably an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> we knew that already. <laughs> Fair, fair. But yeah, that was the second wacky segment of the week. Uh, other Big 12 schools, if you have some stupid graphic you want to post, do it soon. Uh, preferably middle of next week so we can include it in our next wacky segment of the week. Uh, Waco, I prefer if it was you. I pretend to be in Dallas. That'd be really funny. Stillwater, pretend to be in Europe like Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because if you don't do that, we're going to have to have another which college football head coach would win, and we'd have Mike Gundy winning again. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what the composition will be, but I'm almost certain Mike Gundy's going to win. <laughs> There's nothing, I'm sorry, if you, if, you, if you don't want that wacky segment of the week to continue, you need to make a terrible graphic, and you need to do it now, <laughs> or else Mike Gundy's about to start winning a lot of competitions on this podcast. <laughs> 
Or, alternatively, you could send, and this is going to be my transition, alternatively, you could send us questions on either on Twitter, our DMs are open, or just by adding us and asking a question. Or if you want to ask them in a more official capacity, you could email us, AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com to send us any questions, comments, or concerns. Because if we get enough questions, that'll definitely be a segment. I'd almost yeah. like that to be like getting one or two questions a week and having that just be a weekly segment. I would love to do a Q&A. I, I would like to answer some questions. So uh, send in questions, even if they're dumb, we'll still answer them probably. Uh, I, I'd rather you don't send stupid questions now that I'm thinking about it, but I will, I mean, we still might answer them. We'll probably answer them. <laughs> yeah, it, almost anything. Almost anything. Yeah. But that, that leads us to the end of the show, and... Thank you guys so much for listening. Every single listen that we get is honestly probably one or two more listens than we thought we would get. And how this podcast is doing is surprising both Connor and I. I feel like we can we can both pretty confidently say that. Yep. Totally agree. So thank you guys so much, all of you, for listening. And this is where I would normally plug for money, but I'm thinking about more or less just not making it as big a deal as I was. So... If you want to support the podcast in a more financial way, the link is in our bio. And very soon, there will be a merch store that you can buy Aggieville Alley Cats merch, including... It's coming! It's coming! Oh, it's, it's gonna... Oh, it's, it's, it'll be here soon enough. And Sometime. Should, should, I make the, should I make the announcement about the limited shirt now? Sure, why not? Whenever we launch our merch store, which will be with relatively soon i'm looking maybe within a month or two whenever in our first couple of weeks of launching the store we will also have our brand new logo however before we retire the current logo that we have we will be doing a limited run of a t-shirt that is just our old logo as on the back and aggieville alley cats in font on the front this will be a limited run shirt that will only be there for one or two weeks. And if you want to prove that you are an original listener of this and you didn't get it promotionally for free, like a few people probably will from us, that's one way to definitely support the show as well as prove that you were here from the very beginning. But more importantly than the financials of it is you just listening in general. And I genuinely thank you for that. And so does Connor. I'm not going to let him say it. But it's true, I do. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us on social media, our Twitter is Aggieville A Cats. That's capital A and Aggieville, capital A and then capital C and Cats. And if you want to reach out to us on an individual level, I'm acedward 0 on Twitter. And my co-host is... I'm capital C Connor and capital B Balthazor. You'll figure out how to spell it sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> so... With all that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain shine or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. And, you know, occasionally Mike Gundy winning some competitions. Ditto. Cat, cats by 90. Cats by 90.